Hey everybody, you are listening to the first episode of the new year of Is It That Deep Though? Hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm good. Happy New Year. Yeah, we've talked. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, can you imagine if this was like, oh my gosh, how was your New Year? Happy New Year. Like, we haven't <laughs> talked. <laughs> like four weeks yeah i'm glad that the holidays are over everything is kind of at a standstill for the last month Mm -hmm. and then the first two weeks of the new month yeah every year like you can't get anything done absolutely not because i'm still in like not vacation mode but in the like uh i'll just you know we'll circle back to it mode like that's kind of just how i've been like oh we'll circle back to it later 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 but now it's later and back has been circled so yeah i gotta get get a groove right Mm -hmm. i I don't know i I, everybody keeps talking about a recession and i'm like what is keeping me at my job like am i useful to these people because i don't know what i do i'm not (laughs) i feel like but i also think that work I don't have much passion for anything that I do at work. So it's like, why not fire me? I don't care about this. No, I've seen your email signature, senior. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's whatever. I just, I, I don't focus on work. I'm doing really well about like not focusing on work. Like I'm working on getting my PMP and all that. Yeah. Um, And like making myself more of an asset to these corporations. But genuinely, I'm also prioritizing. Like I got into reading really heavy in the last yeah, I like three months. So like I have a whole escape. I really enjoy reading again for the first Aww. time since I was like, a teenager or a kid and it's 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 magnificent <laughs> wow I oh, man I love that it's been actually very inspirational for me because I like love books and I would always like describe myself as like oh I'm a reader I'm a reader but I just don't have the time to read like I wanted to and then at the same time it's like but you can make the time it's like oh I know yeah it's tough. what's going on with our book club huh Do- I know it's not gonna come to fruition it, it will it will it will it will this is this is on wax right now as record of law that it will understand someday because <laughs> realistically like i don't think you actually have time to read so if it's hard for us to even to. pick a book and that it's hard for you to actually read that book that we're like we can't set a book or a date if the date comes and you have to say oh my gosh i'm not there yet can we postpone it <laughs> Like, uh-huh. if we set a date, we have to stick to the fucking date because yeah. I will not stand for continuously pushing back up a book club meeting. No, I know whatever. that. And the thing is, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. So I need to, like, embody that more. I think one thing for me is just to build the time in because... I mean, I've talked about this work before, but it's so when you're around people who are also so consumed by their jobs, too, it makes it seem like there's just like this life of urgency. I don't want to live in a life of urgency anymore. That's terrible. I want to live in a life of like of like like abundance. Like I have there's time. There's always going to be time. You just have to build it in. So I just need to like change my mindset because I feel like for years I've been in it like, oh, my gosh, urgency. it sucks. We really don't have that much time like. Uh, so do you like I I run out of time so much and that's why I'm not further with the things I want to be yeah. working on. Like I wake up, if I go to the gym and then I shower, it's already like 11 o'clock. Okay, great. So now like anything I wanted to do in the morning or any breakfast plans I might have wanted to do 
already no longer an option. Cool. If it's a weekday and then I go to the office building, I'm there until like four or whatever. I get home and then it's just like, okay, you can either read, you can either watch TV uh, and like, or you can like find an activity to do. And then that's it. Like I can't do everything. And I'm trying to incorporate more studying time. Mm. Like I literally started putting it into my calendar and it's, it's just hard. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm in my studying block, but I really want to do something special for me, like yeah. go out to eat or like go to this movie that I'm blowing off studying every time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, you could call that discipline. Sure. But I also think that you should be able to enjoy the time that you have that's not like related to work. I like am really, really, really trying to embody that because I've struggled with that so much. And yeah, so I feel you. Yeah, every single week, I think like we really were not put on this earth to work. To it's- work, to labor. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I'm never gonna, I don't know. There's a lot of things that as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't know that I'll ever get over how weird this shit is. Like, no. I'm becoming like more centrist about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also becoming a lot more apathetic politically and stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't care to talk about race anymore. Mm. I don't like to talk about things that I don't think will like change. I don't care about like, I just don't have the time or the room to complain about things that I'm like, what am I really going to be able to do about this? Or like, I don't know, like, I'm not here to educate people or like to keep pontificating on how things should be or whatever. Like, I really just have to stay stay in my own universe and cultivate my universe how I want it mm-hmm. to be. Like, I can control the people I talk to and engage mm-hmm with and I can control my hobbies and what brings mm-hmm. me joy and everything outside of that I can't do anything about it so let me just <laughs> focus on this circle here yeah or whatever yeah absolutely like I think being more community oriented in that way is just going to be a more sustainable more lovely life than like seeing oh did you hear what so-and-so said about reverse colorism and that like fires you up and you have to fight for your life it's like I can't be on the front lines of every single thing and have everything impact me and I have Mm. to internalize it like it's not that it's not that deep quite honestly Mm. so I don't see anything to save I don't see any community to save I don't see anything to work for like politically I'm tired of being told to vote (laughs) I'll say it okay I'll say it I'll just say it I'm tired of being told to vote Mm. and then like being made to think like this is on you like we got we got to do this we, we, it's our power like this is our power and then when the results come out it's like bro i guess most of us don't even agree on this because like mm. the other side won so like what the fuck <laughs> like and i can't even complain because it's like if people are voting this way then they want it so what the fuck and we can talk about redlining gerrymandering whatever the fuck but it yeah. it is what it fucking is I've had people like who are so politically motivated who are like, it's voting. That's how we get our voice heard. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's how this is going to. I don't think if it changes, that's going to be how it changes. I fucking don't think so. And then when it comes to socio politics and like, oh, the black community and all this stuff. Just after the trial, we, we the last thing we talked about was like the Megan and Tor- mm-hmm. it's not Megan's trial, but the Tory Lane's trial. Yeah. And like how. How upsetting it is to see that the black community is like Mm -hmm. divided on this and it's like why are we divided about violence on a against a black woman like i i don't under and i'm just seeing too many instances where i'm like so like why the fuck am i even paying attention like why do i care why why am i fighting for whatever or like you know so involved in a community where i feel like i'm not valued Mm -hmm. like we black women as it's been said are so disrespected the most disrespected Mm -hmm. by the uh, the men in our community 
sometimes even the women in our community, mm-hmm. the elders in our community. Like it's like a fucking pyramid of like just shitting down a slide. So it's like <laughs> that visual, huh? I know. <laughs> it's like fucking human centipede. Oh where god. Like, it's like I guess white people and then like white adjacents and then black men and mm. then black women slash black gay men mm. and then trans people or black mm-hmm. trans people like it's just like a shit slide mm-hmm. and every group focusing on the black community like everybody is just shitting on who they feel they have more power over right exactly. and i'm so tired of it like i'm tired of engaging in it and like thinking it's superior or like special or like something that i can feel identified with when like i'm like i don't and maybe this is just me looking too much at like neighborhood no. talk comments and like <laughs> and like fucking the shade room and like yeah. oh <laughs> most of us don't think that way a lot of people do i like during the holidays you were i don't know yeah. if you you weren't there when we were talking about it mm. but like seeing my route like people that are like family friends oh. going up for tory lanes it's not oh well, these people are just like online in someone's basement they are your brothers sisters cousins well some sisters cousins yeah. uncles brother-in-laws like they're people they're your friends your friends of friends like they're within they're close to you so it is very real and mm-hmm. so anyways that's just how i've i feel about that and i think that <laughs> I mean, that is very, very real. And I feel like that's also said, but not said. And I, what I'd like, I feel like the community needs to take a step further. It's like, okay, if we do not, if we do not operate under collective action, which sadly, in a lot of instances, the black community has not done. There've been instances where the black community has, but there have instances that they haven't. If we don't operate under collective action, then we're going to see things like this, where people are not even going to want to be a, like participate in the community at all. Because it's like, why should I participate in a community that doesn't value me, where you're hearing people blatantly like just spew misinformation to support mm-hmm. their agenda and this, that, and the third. It's like, don't you guys think of the consequences of like sitting and talking about like, well, you know, I don't care what happens. Tory Lane's innocent. He's innocent. Da-da-da-da. It's like, okay, so he walks free. What else is going to, there, there are going to be other consequences to that. Do you not think about that? Does that not come to your, I guess it doesn't, but it's like, I don't know what all these DJ academics adjacent people think when they make these comments and just so mm-hmm. for what? Yeah, it's a shit slide. It's literally, yeah. this is our chance to exert you know, Power. oppression on black women. Like, yeah. let's let's highlight that it's a black man. Oh, you want to send a black man to jail? Oh, so you 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 told the cops on a black man? Like, oh, he's black, and I'm like, but it's a black woman who's been hurt. Like, right. but that doesn't matter. Oh, she a liar. She a hoe. She's horrible. I wouldn't have defended her either. I would have like all of the, she lied about sleeping with him. Like, okay, so where does that fall on the scale of the of this whole situation when she was shot? We're not talking about the shooting as much as we're talking about her lying about sleeping with him right or and whatever and i sorry go i on. still stand on like i don't identify with megan too much and mm-hmm. like i don't think she's perfect or great i mean i don't mm-hmm. want to say she's not great i don't know her mm-hmm. i couldn't be friends with someone like that for many reasons or whatever mm-hmm. but in this specific situation mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that what matters and what's important is clear so like yeah. how people are highlighting things that don't matter and i again like if he, he had done this to a white woman this would have played out very differently. Like Absolutely. I think he would have just gone to prison like immediately. And then mm-hmm. people would have been like, damn, well, he shouldn't have done that. Like if he shot Kylie, yeah. nobody would have been like Kylie lying. She, right. oh, she was sleeping with him. Like they would have been like, oh, damn. Well, he's going to, he's going to prison. Like, I don't he's know what else prison. to do, but like, like too bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's like, again, 
that there's like no collective action happening about that. And some, obviously not all, but some of these men are internalizing the situation as if they were at the party themselves or they had been scorned by Megan. Like they see mm. themselves in Tory Lanes, in Kyrie Irving, like they feel like they're personally being attacked. It's like, that's not the case. So how can you separate, you know, your mother from black women when it comes to like, oh, I would never, you know, be with a black woman this and the third. Like, weren't you raised by your dark skinned mother? Yeah, but so you can separate those two, but you can't separate yourself from Kyrie Irving. In fact, you think that you are him and that any decision and action he makes is aligned with what you would have done. Anything that's an affront against him is a front against you personally. Why is that? Yeah. I listened to the latest episode of The Read oh, and they okay. finally talked about it at the end. I don't yeah. know if you caught up, but did, like yeah. the, the one part that stood out to me from Crystal's read was that she highlighted LeBron James is not the guy you think he is mm-hmm. like girl dad. But like ever since this happened, you've started pushing Tory Lanez forward, like showing mm-hmm. everybody that you love his music, telling everybody, yeah, he he never misses. Like he's great. You weren't saying this like before it's right. after he's been like arrested for shooting this woman mm-hmm. that you're like going hard for him and all these other rappers who've like out of nowhere come to support him. That's right. what we're talking about is like they see themselves in him mm-hmm. in this week. Weird. I, I don't it's kind of like it's sick to me because I don't think black women do this with women who are criminals. Right. Like we do this with women, like even the black women who are like, I guess, identifying with like Meghan Markle. I was that was what popped in my head. Yep. I yeah. don't know. I to me, that's none of my business. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's a different sorry situation. for her situation. But that uh, anyways, <laughs> I know um, we typically see ourselves and people who are actually like victims or haven't done anything wrong or like are successful, like Serena Williams, Beyonce, whatever. Like we go up for people who are good people. We've never I've never seen black women back up like Azalea Banks or like Candace. Uh, oh, Owens. Candace Owens. Yeah. Or like who's somebody who's actually been in trouble, actually, because Candace Owens hasn't even like been arrested or anything or like she's she has a white agenda, but like she hasn't like called anybody like names like Azalea Banks has like. Yeah, (laughs) I can't even think of a black woman who's like done something bad. Oh, what about when the whole Chrisette Michelle thing happened when she had performed for Trump? Oh, she was abandoned. Yeah, completely. Like Mm -hmm. nobody had her back. Her. Um. Even Remy Ma, like, I feel like it was everybody kind of, I don't know. I actually don't think I knew enough about that situation to know how people handled it when she went to prison for that. No, she didn't go to prison. Oh, Remy Ma? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she went for seven years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I actually think the community was like waiting for her to get out, like and congratulated (laughs) her when she got out. So I don't know enough about that. But yeah, I can't think of too many black women who have done something that's been bad. And I can't think of any of those situations where... They had our support and we were like doing fucking aerobatics. What do you call it? Oh, acrobatics. Aerial twirls and shit and contortions <laughs> to be like, well, actually, uh, that, that, uh, there was no DNA found. So, so like, like we don't, we don't make up bullshit to be like, but she needs, she wasn't wrong. Like yeah. we don't do that, but black men do that like crazy. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm never going to talk about this type of shit again. I swear. Like, I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about race. I really don't. Because it's like, what's the fucking point? Like, we're just like, I hate when you when all I can say is something negative, like mm-hmm. that. I just don't want to think about it then. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about this thing. So I was thinking recently about like 
the instances. So I have an Instagram again. I just oh, made one. Okay. I made it while I was like in bed over the weekend. And just because I want to stay connected to people who don't live where I mm, live, like people okay. that I meet in passing. I lost a lot of connections after Afrotech because I like nobody's texting anyone mm. and people don't talk through LinkedIn. So whatever. But anyways, like so Instagram will like remember your like it uses your phone number to be like, hey, remember that person that you kind of had a crush on 10 years ago? Bam, here's their profile. <laughs> you want to follow them? Like shit like that. Or I've been like getting a lot of oh, oh, like seeing names and like pictures blasts Ooh. from the past. And it, I, it made me think like, I guess I, I don't know if I'm coining this phrase, but like emotional splinters mm. where like the same way to where like as a kid growing up, like you get splinters in your fingers or whatever, mm -hmm. you try to tweeze them out. And sometimes they don't extract fully, like they break off mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh. And you can like feel it. And the next day, some skin has like grown over it. Mm -hmm. Like even glass that I used to like get caught in like my finger that I couldn't pull out. And then it's like yeah. skin grows over it and you still mm -hmm. feel it and it becomes less painful. And then eventually like absorbs <laughs> your body, mm -hmm. like absorbs it or whatever. I was thinking about like situations with people or just people in general that like, it's like that fucking splinter where like it's still mm -hmm. sitting there because when you see them, whether it's online or in person, you have a, a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's mm -hmm. not like painful, it's like you still have that reaction because it's still been sitting there. Mm -hmm. You just like healed over it. Right. So it doesn't affect you in your day to day, but it's still sitting there with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is literally like shrapnel, like like it's how sometimes people can get shot. Mm -hmm. and like they can't pull the bullet out or it's mm -hmm. like extrapolate they can't get it all out so you just got to heal around it and it'll mm -hmm. always be there or whatever right and so i wanted to like what do you think of this like situations people where you're like five years seven years ten years has passed and you're like still like affected even though you're not like going you're not upset about it anymore but you're still like yeah. something that i'm thinking about i guess <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great, great topic. And I will say I got a sneak peek of it because I, I read the, your your blog post. Oh, damn. So, <laughs> I get the email <laughs> notifications. So whenever you post, I get email. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't, I guess I knew that they sent email. I didn't know for sure that they sent email notifications. That's kind of embarrassing. No, oh, no, it's okay. good. I like it. It's good. So I was like, I understand. It was briefly written, by the way. So I understand the like, the, the like the pros behind that statement. I think that that's a great way to describe that situation or I guess that experience rather. I think the first thing that pops to mind is like almost similarly like old crushes or things like that that you see pop up on your feed or whatever on Instagram and it's like them with their wife or something. It's like, oh, that is just so interesting. It's like, I don't feel bad or anything. I'm just like, oh, good for them. But it's just kind of like, oh, that's it's just interesting to see that, you know? What's another thing? I think when I was, I think there was once where I had come to Austin to visit you and on my way home, I went to campus just to like walk around because I just felt like I wanted to. And I went past Burdine, which is a hall on UT's campus. And I just remember having like a really like rough conversation with somebody there where I just like expressed, I was very vulnerable. And they looked at me like cooked rice. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> This is embarrassing. Let me explore. <laughs> so I walked past there and I just felt the, oh, like, even though it's been like 10 years. And again, don't know where this person is. Years have passed. I don't feel any type of way about it, but I just, it kind of hits you at a wave. So maybe that's like, if you have an emotional splinter and it, like you bang your finger again somewhere mm. and you don't even realize that the pain is still there. It's just like, oof, like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. When I think of like healing over something, there are certain situations that I have moved over past or whatever because i actively did not fully deal with it mm. because i like just blocked the person 
or just like program myself to like not think of them, to focus on other things or whatever. And so then that's how like when they pop up, you're still like, oh, I never really fully... I guess, dealt with that. And mm. I, I started thinking like, though, is that a thing? I mean, I guess I'll talk about some of the points that I made in the fucking blog post. Since yeah. You already know what I'm since I know kind it. of thinking. It's like, I used to think like when you couldn't get someone off your mind, like that's, that's how you know. Like, that's how you know they're the one. Like, mm. if you still dream about them like two years later, like that's how you know. Mm. And then I was like, nah, dreams don't mean anything. Like that, that is not indicative, indicative of anything. Like, it's, mm. I don't know what it is. And then I was like, well, it's still on your mind though so like that means you haven't worked through it you haven't done the work mm-hmm. you should, like figure out how to work through it but now I'm, I'm that I'm older I'm kind of like I don't think I don't know that it's necessarily that you're, you're gonna be able to work through everything like mm. I've talked about certain people ad nauseum mm. at length for mm-hmm. years so like ain't nothing else to talk about like <laughs> I'm not gonna rehash the same fucking thing over again and I guess if I went to therapy I would talk about it maybe just but not as I would have like three years ago mm-hmm. like a certain person that I've dated that really affected me if when I was in therapy at the time I talked about them mm-hmm. like they were the center of the conflict but I think if I went to therapy and brought them up it wouldn't be about them it would be about what they taught me about dating mm-hmm. and how it changed my outlook of a lot of things and I don't know to this day I don't know why I still get like a <sighs> like my heart, like a fight or flight response. Mm. If I see their photo, I still mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean is like, I don't, I, I've i done the work. I thought like, mm-hmm. no, I was obsessed, not obsessed. Let me, I'll delete that. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was just really emotionally invested in this person. Yeah. <laughs> Because I did not like myself. And that's Mm -hmm. something that a lot of us do. You focus, maybe you're not having a good time in life or you just don't like yourself. So you cling to the things that you see in them that you wish you had. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get so emotionally involved in somebody who probably treats you like shit or just isn't nice or whatever. Like you grow up and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I would never date someone like that now. Like we wouldn't have gotten very far. I have higher expectations. And I know- my value because I think that I'm fucking hot and that I'm mm-hmm. a really cool person to be around. But then when you still see their photo, you're like, <gasps> I know. <laughs> it's like, why am I still having that reaction when I know that I today would not want to, I'm no longer, you know, whatever. Like I don't have those feelings for you. And whoever you are today is not who you were then. Like there's no reason for me to put any, you know, rose colored glasses on this situation. I know now what it was. Right. And so I, I guess I'm working through like why that splinter is still there. Mm. Like I, maybe I just missed the way I felt back then. Mm. And so what that's what this person symbolizes to me, how excited and like, mm. I'm not going to say in love. I hate that. I'm oh, say that. Ah, uh, mm. what's the, what's that? What, what can uh, I just say? like, um, um, enjoying like, you know, loving the time that you spent together or enjoying the time you spent together, right? In relationship. Mm, yeah. No. I, w- I was really feeling this person a lot. Okay, yeah. And so I think I miss, it was like drugs. Like when you really mm-hmm. like someone and they like you back and you get yeah. to spend time with them and you think they're hot and they think you're hot. And the, the highs that you get from that yeah, are like a drug. And I think mm-hmm. that's the withdrawal that I have is that since then I have not felt like that. I've, I don't have crushes. Mm-hmm. I don't put men on pedestals at all. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that I've dated, I'm like, you're okay. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. 
like I stopped like you know putting things on men that they weren't after Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. so as a result I never felt that strongly again because whoever Mm -hmm. I was with I wasn't like oh my gosh he's a prize I was like he's a normal fucking dude cool like whatever and so maybe that's why I still get the like choked Mm -hmm. up or like oh my gosh uh get out of this click out exit exit like whatever Mm their face or their name shows up I'm like I can't even like like I've trained my eyes to not even focus on their photo because I'm like yeah I healed over it like I never fully maybe I guess I never fully dealt with it like I just learned to be blind to it I think like that I also wonder if it's like maybe it's not necessarily like a bad response to have that emotional splinter like what if it's like you know there are certain animals in the wild that like have bright yellow spots or bright red spots so that you know they're poisonous or something like that not to say these people are bad but maybe it's just like just a good reminder it's like okay well maybe this person isn't right for me so i'm having this reaction to help remind me of that because people circle the block people try to revisit things and see things with those rose color lenses like oh it wasn't that bad it was fine so maybe these emotional splinters can be protective in a way he said he's poisonous and that's why <laughs> you have the fight or flight reaction you're, it's your your brain is telling you to run <laughs> that would not be very mental and professional of me but i wonder if it's that and also i think it's okay to approach or like be exposed to those things that we tend to avoid at the same time like for me i don't go on instagram that often i maybe post like twice a year or something like that and i the reason why growing up i didn't go on it's like well i don't want to see somebody doing this i didn't want to see someone living like their best life or seeing someone who i liked with somebody else or something like that and there are certain things i i think i, I even have something blocked on twitter so i don't see this one news outlet because i know someone who used to work for an affiliate it's just so this is me and my my mental illness or whatever <laughs> but <laughs> i need to stop doing that and just approach it because with time you know i'll be able to cope mm-hmm. with that initial sting and just like let it run through me so i think there's pros and cons to that emotional um splinter in that sense yeah i think it is a little bit actually what you said like now that i'm thinking about it i can't diagnose myself at all but mm-hmm. there are triggers that I have that can cause me to spiral Mm -hmm. and I have been in some dark places before Mm -hmm. and so I think sometimes when that splinter is activated that's my brain telling me to run Mm -hmm. because it's like the last time you focused on this it wasn't looking too good, girl. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's what it is, which is, I mean, I'm positive it is because there's just a lot of like what I've learned through TikTok psych- psychologists and therapists <laughs> is that a lot of your reactions when you react emotionally to something that you see online or whatever, it is your brain being trying to protect you being mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm trying to alert you to stay away from this because it's not good for you or whatever, mm-hmm. in whatever regard that is. So. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think that there are times where that can be helpful and then times where it's problematic. And if it's keeping you from like healing or moving on, then it's better to just like approach it. If it's if it's literally just like I'm avoiding this because it makes me it alerts my fight or flight. But there isn't the danger that my body is telling me is associated with this stimulus isn't really there. I'm having an exaggerated response. So and from on like an exposure therapy perspective, you'd want to approach it. But if it's truly like, okay, this is something that is going to either spot, I'm going to go into a spiral or it's just not helpful for me. But then that could be an alert to avoid it just for your own peace. I don't think yeah. I would spiral. I just don't think it's, it's something I need to be involved. Like, yeah, it's not necessary to even take that chance at mm. all. 
I don't know what I think about how things work anymore. Mm. Like, you know, we grow up on fucking fairy tales Mm -hmm. and then our parents are married and they got married when they were like 25 or something. Mm -hmm. And so you go through life with this roadmap or whatever, like, oh, at this age, I'm supposed to do this. And at this age, I'm supposed to do that. And Mm -hmm. this, 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 this. And then the fairy tales are what delude you into thinking this means this. Mm -hmm. So this means I'm almost at this point road mark or this landmark or whatever and so when you realize actually a lot of that is just made up and not true and mm. you really like everything is really arbitrary like you really can't plan certain things it's just gonna happen or it's not mm-hmm. um i don't know it kind of makes you i don't know i don't know where i'm going mm. with this but like i have no in- expectations and it made mm. me really depressed for a long time mm. Um, and then it's just kind of is what it is. Like I'm fucking on this floating rock. Like I don't, mm. I don't know what to say. I think it's like that. And I may have mentioned this before, but that difficulty to tolerate uncertainty, like not knowing what's going to happen next. Cause even when it comes to like relationships, like we have Disney channel, we have like fairy tales. We have like this expectation that this is how the process is going to go. Girl meets boy, girl, boy, fall in love. You date, you get married or whatever. And it's just so seamless. And then when we're not able to experience that, or we're seeing other people experience that and we don't experience it. It's like, okay, this is not what I expected. And it's really hard to be able to tolerate that. Like, I think that can't be lost. It's very hard to tolerate that. And I think it comes with time. I think it comes with like coming to or like recognizing that everybody's pathway is like different and knowing that even if the, you did follow that path it may not have worked for you it could have but it may not mm-hmm. have and just having to like tolerate that but it is hard i do think social media has affected though oh, this sure. roadmap like it's been fucking derailed i keep saying mm-hmm. that word it's been <laughs> derailed like mm-hmm. our parents did not deal with social media they did not deal with instagram creating these false realities and expectations of what people should look like mm-hmm. these dating apps that make you think oh there's like a fucking i keep saying that word <laughs> Like they didn't have these dating apps that ha- put in their mind, oh, there's an infinite amount of options. So I can see five people at once or mm. I should keep trying to, even though I like the person I'm seeing, I should keep swiping just to see what else is out there right. or whatever. I feel like people are pickier than ever. And not that that's like, it's not bad to have standards, but I think people are willing to jump ship for anything or they're looking for somebody who has that 20% or mm-hmm. whatever that you don't have, even if you have 75 or 80 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't know how to properly put things into the correct perspective and be happy with what is in front of us, I guess. I don't know. Right. So I don't like when I think about, oh, who knows about the future marriage? I don't even really like the idea of marriage anymore, but like mm. partnership, mm-hmm. it's not me being like, I'm not attractive or, oh, I don't know how to put myself out there. It's me being like, I don't think we are set up to properly be able to find people mm-hmm. or to fall in love with those people. I think a lot has now been constructed by us humans that impedes all of that. Mm. so that's mm-hmm. why i think people in our generation are single for longer getting married later having kids later and i don't even know how many of us are going to have kids i think the population is going to drastically drop and of course you can like insert like economics into that and like, mm-hmm. like uh keep like these recessions and rent keeps going up and like houses are out of control with how much they cost and so most of us don't want kids because we're already like i don't think i'll ever even be able to afford a house at this Mm -hmm. rate or like i can't travel as much as i wish i could or like i for me i'm putting i'm prioritizing what i want like traveling 
living nicely, mm-hmm. <laughs> affording certain things. And for me, I don't see kids being able to comfortably fit in my life because all I care about right now is me. And I think that kind of goes back to like, I mean, I don't know if it's from what I was reading today, but again, collective action, it's like trying to build a community around those priorities that a lot of people have that is like that are developing more like with our generation like traveling and like living a a comfortable life and like spending time with like friends and developing like partnerships and community and having that be a community and not the only community be one of just like okay the neutral or not the neutral oh my gosh the (laughs) nuclear family and just like having kids like that is something that is always going to be there it's something that i want personally like i that's not going away. But I think that there also has to be community in other ways, because I think the way society is set up and the way that like, you know, successful, achievable society is set up is like, that's the only form of community that matters or that is valuable. And I don't think that's true. I also think though that, I mean, friendships have also been affected by all of this. I think Mm -hmm. it's harder to find good friends than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And I've like, I think (laughs) I've been able to find good friends and I only have like a couple of them that I've held on to this whole time because it's just so easy to get out of whack with people or to realize that it was never really a solid friendship it was just built on like how long you were willing to go along with what they wanted to do or maybe just on aesthetics or maybe just like oh we both like to drink and then when you stop caring about drinking like oh now our plans don't align or our interests don't align I don't know. I I used to get really close to people because I was like so much like looking for human connections hmm. or whatever. And now that I'm older, I'm like, most of it is bullshit. Like most of these friendships are very shallow. And so I, my ears are perked to people that I genuinely feel comfortable in myself with, mm-hmm. where I'm like, we actively like to do the same things and we actively enjoy the same things. It's like, you can connect with women on talking about boys any day. Yeah. It's the easiest way to to find something you relate to with most women or whatever, especially, I guess, particularly straight women and women who like men or whatever. Mm. But it took me a while to realize just because we can talk about guys or we like have had similar dating experiences doesn't mean we need to be friends. Right. It doesn't mean we have anything in common. Like, I like to read. I like to watch movies. Do you like any of that? Like, Mm -hmm. do you, do we, are we interested in anything that we could actually do together other than talk about our (laughs) ex-boyfriends or whatever? (laughs) Which I think is important too, for that to be valued as well. And not it just, not it just be like these superficial things to form friendships. Cause that's the easiest thing. It's like low hanging fruit. I think that's like the most accessible for the most amount of people, which is why it seems to be people's go-to. Yeah. And then plenty of people, like once they get married, they're off the grid anyways. So. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you got to be intentional. And I, I, I value those who can be intentional about that because it's again, low hanging fruit. It's the easier option to be like, Oh, I got to have, you know, to go hang out with, yeah. my, you know, that type of thing, which you should always prioritize that first. I have never heard the the word intentional as much as I have in the past year. Like, really? <laughs> oh, is it me? No, it's not you. It's literally oh. us. Like, it's people in their mm. late twenties. The Yikes. word of the of the end of your twenties when you're approaching thirty is intentional. Intentional. Yeah. I'm dating intentionally. I'm yeah. being intentional with my friendships because it's true. Like, it's. <laughs> We, yeah. we want to be to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up for failure by just mm-hmm. kind of like lo- like flapping out here and just doing whatever. And oh, let me just go out with this person. And oh, let me just whatever. I just want to have plans, which mm-hmm. was like the theme of your t- early 20s and mid 20s is just wanting to have plans. Like right. I used to be out every weekend, like always had something to do. Mm-hmm. And now I spend most weekends just 
playing it by ear and just doing mm-hmm. what I want because I mm-hmm. I don't want to be around I, I'm intentional about what I spend my energy on oh yeah whatever so Definitely. it's just funny hearing you say intentional because I'm like that's, <laughs> that's such a word that we say like I know oh my gosh I know I've fallen in the trap <laughs> there's gotta be another word what's another word that describes no that? it's a good word I'm not saying we should stop using it I'm highlighting it as like a theme of like yeah growing the, that 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 threshold between oh i'm in my 20s woo and then like being like okay i'm about to be 30 like i'm growing right. up i have a real job i have a career maybe <laughs> i like i'm starting to see that where i actually want my life to go and where it's likely to go or whatever mm-hmm. and now i i'm going to be intentional like i'm not just out here like i want to place myself in right. situations that i'm comfortable in that will set me up for success being <laughs> deliberate I just looked it up. It's another one. Deliberate's harsh. Oh, like deliberately. You deliberately, you deliberately disobeyed me. Disobeyed me. <laughs> it's like, oh God. That's, that's another trigger. It's like, sorry. You God. deliberately disobeyed me. And then he's just start crying on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do a, our deep things or whatever. Uh, mm, which okay. is just like, I don't think, I don't, we have like, I don't know if you have anything prepared, but I was just prepared to talk about yeah. a couple things that I've really liked okay. uh, in the past couple weeks. So yeah. I'll start with this. So Demi Lovato has an album out that her latest album that she has, which is called Holy Fuck. And I really like it. Oh, <laughs> I really liked, um, Demi Lovato's single 29 and mm. I really liked Skin of My Teeth but I had just never gone to like actually listen to it on my own. I had just kind of heard them on TikTok mm-hmm. or on like Jimmy Fallon was like, oh, that's cute. And so I finally went back and listened because I've been listening to a lot of pop punk recently and it's so good. <laughs> like it just it reminds me of like Avril Lavigne, Paramore, Kelly Clarkson, like it is all. And I just said I didn't want to know their actual business, but it all does come from the fact that she has like OD'd a few times and like the last oh. time she literally almost died yeah like was like l- almost dead and so her single skin of my teeth being her literally saying like i'm alive by the skin of my teeth like mm. and then the part that stuck out to me was her saying i just want to be free but i can't because it's a fucking disease like mm-hmm. i've never i know in her documentary she had talked about her drug use and this was like three four years ago so she had overdosed yeah. overdosed after that even but Really? I remember. Yeah, she did. Oh, and I appreciated wow. that documentary because she was very upfront. Like, I've been doing coke since I was 14. I have had this issue. You know, I've had moments where I literally didn't care if I lived or died or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when she was promoting that album. Like, baby, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, she had changed her. It was almost like gospel pop or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did Kurt Franklin produce this? <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyways, like, she, she was honest about it then and then she ended up ODing again and so with this album it's her being like I'm not doing pop anymore I've never mm-hmm. enjoyed doing pop I've liked punk pop I've liked grunge I've liked rock music but I was never like allowed to do that like she just basically followed what her team would say and would wear she ended up doing all this like pop music and like wearing leotards and stilettos on stage and doing choreography like just trying yeah. to do what they were telling her was it right she never felt comfortable and so for her to finally be like this is the sound that I've always wanted to do. Like it, it's reminiscent of like La La Land. Mm. Old Demi that was like punk pop influence. And there's so much realness in, <laughs> like she talks about her drug use and is yeah. like very real about it to where I'm like, 
I feel like a lot of your peers are probably drug addicts, but they would never frame it that way. Like to mm. them, they'd probably be like, Miley's probably had issues with drugs. They say yeah. Justin Bieber and Selena been having issues with drugs. Oh, damn. Have you seen there's like a video floating of them like in like Skid Row in L.A. And people were like, celebrities only come to Skid Row when they're trying to get like meth. Oh, shit. Like you're literally in the hood in L.A. There's no reason for you. You don't know anyone here. There's no reason for you to be here other than to like to pick up something, you know. That's crazy. You don't have someone do it for them. That's what people said. But I also feel like if your team doesn't want you to be doing this, they're probably you're probably trying to hide it from them, you know, or whatever. Or if the connect you have is like, you got to meet me down here. Like, I'm not coming to you today. I'm too busy. If you're addicted, you probably would go anywhere. I just appreciate her honesty because no, none of her peers will ever admit that they've ever had issues with drugs. Mm -hmm. All the times that like Selena Gomez has gone to rehab and they and it's always been like for depression. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that it? Just depression, like nothing else or like. Lindsay Lohan, even as far back as that, like, oh, she was just suffering from exhaustion. Right, like, right. To have them, her actually say, this is what it is. There's not a drug I have not done. Congrats to Demi Lovato. Like, I didn't know I would be a fan. I, I don't think I'm a fan, but I like the album. I, I yeah. wish I would have. I mean, she was only touring in arenas, so I wasn't ever going to go because I hate arenas and stadium oh, tours. Yeah. But she can really sing like she She and her music her voice was made for this kind of music if you go back and listen to like give your heart a break and heart attack and that kind of Mm. shit it's kind of like yeah she has pipes but like uh, and like the songs like no promises and like it's okay not to be okay like yeah those songs were so she didn't need auto-tune like they she was really dumbing down her voice Mm. so I would appreciate if Ariana Grande could figure out who she really is. Yeah. uh... (laughs) Yeah, Honestly. Hey, like Demi and Miley are realizing who they really are and the kind of music they really want to make. Maybe you should follow suit, Ariana Grande. Maybe figure out who you are and like do that. Give us that vocal, the vocals that you can. Like, don't give us another positions, please. Like, give us real Ariana. Man, but that's too much. Like, right. Wow. Dang. Okay, maybe I'll check it out. But literally, the only two Demi Lovato songs I know are like the Sorry Not Sorry song and then like La La Land. I still listen to that song to this day. That song is good. Uh, me too. That song, that song is, is a banger. It like, is. And it's kind of sad because it's like her. Uh, first of all, she wrote that song with the Jonas Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. They are all co-writers. Just oh, it's wow. the four of them that wrote it. Her and the Jonas Brothers. Oh, wow. So, and it sounds like a Jonas Brothers song, actually. Yeah, it kind of does. The guitar riffs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, um, it's sad because it's like her saying like, I'm not going to change for this town. Like, mm. People think that like I should be afraid because I started in Disney, but like it can go at any time. Everything is the same in this town. So I'm going to be myself and then quickly stops being herself. The only thing about Demi that sucks is like, damn, I can't keep up, girl. Like <laughs> she can sing. She can I cannot sing. sing the song at karaoke. You went off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a karaoke safe version of La La Land? <laughs> I know. The tame version, the beginner and the intermediate. And the advanced is hers. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say really quickly is that I watched the latest season of Big Brother. Um, oh, okay. I think we all... So the cookout happened two seasons ago okay and that was the only other season i had seen and i only watched it because i heard of what they did and i was like wow legendary the cookout if you don't know was an all black six person Mm -hmm. alliance i believe Mm -hmm. and they carried themselves all the way 
through to the final six in Big Brother because that was the first year that CBS required at least half of the cast be people of color oh, or whatever so that wow. they would have a fucking fighting chance to make it far because usually it was just like two people of color and the mm-hmm. white people would gang up and vote them out. Yeah. So they made sure to align even it was really hard for them but they kept aligned all the way through until they were final six. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like I'm not going to watch Big Brother again. The show is it's like a lot. Yeah. But then I heard about this the winner of the last season Taylor Hale. Yeah. And she's a black woman. She's young. She's only 27 or now she's 28. How she was basically bullied and harassed Mm -hmm. and had a tough time in the house, but ended up winning. Mm -hmm. I was like, Okay, I have to know. I heard about it because Kid Fury talked about it on the yeah, radio. Yeah, and I was like, I have to, I have to see how this played out. When I tell you, I was triggered. Really, it was bad. It was bad. Some of it I could relate to, where it's like, if somebody else says something. It's funny, but if I say something, it's like, that really hurt me that you said that because why would you say that? You're obviously a bad, horrible person because you said this. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> she was attacked. She had, the black people didn't even like her in the house. This was crazy. Yeah. It's like, there there was no black alliance. There was no people of color unity at all. Like, mm. which is fine, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's fine to be like, let's all just play the game with who we want to be mm-hmm. aligned with or whatever. But they actively joined in the white people and shit on her and like targeting her for no reason and purposefully misinterpreting everything she would say they were bullying her but acting like she was the bully mm. like it was bad like this one white dude white asian dude got in her face and was like don't ever fucking talk to me again like he he it was bad like too many things happened to where i was like Oh my gosh. Mm. And so through all of that, she still persevered and won. And I honestly had to tap out uh, when they had like six people left in the house. I was like, this day, this game is too dirty. Like Mm. y'all are playing too dirty. It's too emotionally draining to watch what y'all are willing to do and lie Mm. about. And I don't like... I didn't like anybody in the house except for her and the Joseph, the the guy she's now dating. But Mm. other than them two... Actually, maybe four. I liked Michael and Brittany, too. But, like, other than those four, I was like, everybody else in this house sucks. They're genuinely bad people. Mm. It's alarming. Like, the other seasons, like, last season with the cookout, everybody was pretty cool. Like, I don't Mm. really remember a villain in the house. For the most part, people can play this game. And, yeah, you have to lie and deceive. Mm Mm-hmm. But with this last season, it was like, oh, no, this is bullying. Like the Mm. things y'all are doing have nothing to do with this game. Like you are you're just trying to break her. And it's weird. So I'm glad she won. And she also won. She was the first Big Brother winner to also win America's favorite house guest. Oh, which is an additional. So the cash prize from winning the show was 750K. And then for winning America's favorite house guest, she won an additional 50K on top of that. Damn. Yeah, she's the first Big Brother winner to win both. So wow. Because yeah, we saw people saw what happened and we're like, what the hell? Like, why is she she's not deserving of any of this? So that's all I have to say is that I I love her. I might follow her on Instagram. Like, I genuinely want the best for her. She's so she's gorgeous. She's yeah. smart. She's educated. 
I don't know what else to say. Like, she's mm-hmm. amazing. And she's thought through a lot. She even was saying the guy that she's dating from the show, she's like, we're going to therapy separately and together so that we don't trauma bond over this shit. Because mm. he played out badly. Like, the white people turned on him quick. Oh, as wow. soon as they got him alone, like they had split the group into two and they had to play for a week separately. Mm-hmm. And they, the white people turned on him so quick. He's like, uh, he said half Syrian, half Palestinian, I believe. Okay. They turned on him so bad. And the way that they did was so dirty that I had to skip past all of it. Because it, trigger- it was triggering me too. They threw him under the bus so quickly. And I was as soon as they got him alone and I was like, oh, so I could see what she's like. We I don't want us to trauma bond. Yeah. Over like we feel inseparable now, but we need to deal with this shit in therapy alone and together so that we don't cling to each other simply because of the trauma we went through. On Big Brother. Wow. Oh, my God. You couldn't pay me to go to Big Brother. No, I like don't know anything. I only know the cookout thing. And then from what Kid Fury was saying about like this winner, but I've never watched Big Brother. To be honest, it kind of scared me because I thought it was like it reminds it's like the titles from that George Orwell book, 1984. And that book, I read it in high school and it scared me. So I think that's why I was just like, I don't just like the fact the fact that it's called Big Brother just freaks me out. But the old the only point of the show is that you're in the house is tricked out with cameras and you got to stay and be the last person standing to get the money. No, yeah, challenges. but there's like a lot of there's a lot of challenges. Oh, OK. Yeah, okay. It, there are the challenges are different. Like some of them are physical competition. Some are mental mm. competitions, memory based. Some are like mazes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a puzzle. Like so anybody can really do like anybody should be able to win mm. very much. OK. Um. And she proved that by winning because mm-hmm. she she only won like two head of household competitions. But the moves she made weren't like big by being a beast at competitions. Mm-hmm. It was like the influence, the way that she was able to go from like literally everybody hated her mm-hmm. to like winning them over and showing them like I'm actually a good person to where they were like, OK, let's not get rid of her. And she like instilled in them like you can use me as a tool like I can be a number for your alliance. And so they mm-hmm. started bringing her into their alliances. And then she gained enough influence to be able to like plant seeds mm-hmm. so that people would change their strategies based on like sometimes what she said. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then her you have to look up her big brother speech. It was yeah. like, oh, it was breathtaking and perfect and she almost unanimously won she won like eight votes to one vote or whatever and i mean i think it moved everybody because it's the one time where we see somebody like it's almost like a movie like to see somebody get kicked down so Mm -hmm. hard for so long and then to see them triumph not only did the people who bullied her vote for her but Mm -hmm. america voted like she won two times over wow we don't get a lot of wins like this, us black yeah. women. So. Oh my gosh. Dang, maybe I'm, I'm like looking it up now. I'm just like, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. That's how I saw it. Oh, really? Dang. You know what? I might have, uh, we'll see. I'll find a password somewhere. Yeah, they're in that house for like 82 days. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a long process. I don't know how she held, like she had to be smart. Like she knew, like she could have been like, fuck y'all. She could have, you know, gotten angry with them. She could have been like, there are certain people I will never work with because they were mean to me. But she knew like, I have to work with these people. So I will let bygones be bygones. Like I need to make them like me. So I will Mm -hmm. put in the work by spending time just talking to them, letting them get to know me so that if they end up in the jury, they want to vote for me. Like Mm -hmm. that's why the, the other guy that she was up against, he was like good at competitions and strong and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like he didn't do enough jury management. And when Mm -hmm. they say jury management, it means 
Have you talked to these people individually? Like, do they know you? Do they like you? Are you still in a good space with them? Mm. You know, if you send them home, do they still look favorably favorably upon you, mm. even though you sent them home? He yeah. didn't do any jury management. So by the time he was in final two, they didn't give a shit that he'd won competitions. Mm. The questions they even asked him, I was like, they don't they don't like you, dude. Like, they're not oh, going to vote shoot. for you. <laughs> That's so much. Oh, my gosh. So much strategy. That's crazy. Wow. Wow, yeah, wow. and of course, like the misogynists are like, she was carried. Okay. And, oh, she <laughs> slept her way to the top because she sure. had like a, a romance towards the end with the other guy who was in final two. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, she said at the beginning she had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. It's not like she pulled it out of her back pocket to secure her spot. It just naturally happened. They were in the house for almost three months. Okay, people kiss, get over it. <laughs> right. But yeah, the black men influenced. are the ones who are mad at her or like... Uh, she didn't deserve to win she got carried she slept her way to the top and i'm like oh my gosh y'all are so mad huh? uh cry harder like did you jump on big brother yourself and direct his like why are you i just understand it she was literally in the on the block the bottom two six times Hmm. like do you that who else she did so much work like as how you can not see that she literally finessed her way there and did work to get there how you yeah. can just think she was carried anyways Silly. so that's that's what i'll say do you have do you have something Ooh, i know <laughs> um i have just one thing and i'll keep it brief because i know we're cutting on time but one thing that i really like now is a little known fact about me i love the circus i've always loved the circus mm. since i was little and i'd been to the circus like once um, I think I was in like the fourth grade, a family friend took us to the circus. And then when I was a camp counselor, like one of our like activities was to go to circus. And I was like a freshman in college and I just love it so much. And I've always wanted to like, I learned how to juggle cause I love the circus. So I'm taking like aerial yoga classes because it reminds me of like circus stuff and I'm going to take trapeze classes. So everyone listening, follow your dreams. <laughs> like you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> There's flying Japanese classes here. So I'm going to take it and like. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Oprah didn't get, uh, she didn't get on TV until she was 40. So, hey. Yeah. You see, exactly. (laughs) Now it doesn't matter that Barnum and Bailey and Ringling Brothers um, went bankrupt and they're no longer in operation um, because of the animal abuse. But Hmm. there's the Universal Circus in Chicago. (laughs) You didn't, you have to say it. You have to say it. Universal. Universal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll join that this postdoc shit doesn't work out yeah or yeah. you could also just have hobbies for fun like it doesn't True. always have to be like this podcast is for fun yeah. my blog is for fun i don't have any i would like to one day write a book honestly yeah yeah I don't I don't feel like I'm in a rush to be like, I got to figure out how to make this worth my while. <laughs> Just doing it is worth my while. <laughs> and with that, we will talk to y'all in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye. You are listening to a Young Hag production. 